Is film like milk? Yes. It's got culture in it. And it's. Mm. Damn it. Leche. <laughs> Whole milk, skim milk, medium milk. I have nipples, Greg. Could you milk Could me? Could you milk me? Welcome back to Age Like Milk, the podcast where we talk about films that have gone bad in the mind fridge of your mind. I am one of your hosts, Paris Herbert Taylor, and joining me forever and ever is. David Rogers. Hi. Hi. Kind of caught me off guard with that, with the with the hand signal. Good I don't morning. know if you were going to present me well, or if I was I to present myself. Sometimes guys get in trouble when they present themselves. So oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good lead in for the movie. Yeah, yes, exactly. And there's another voice on the line. So we're going to get to her in a second. But before we do, David Rogers, only yes. going by two names today. What film are we doing? We are doing Shampoo, 1975, directed by Hale Ashby, written by Robert Town and Warren Beatty. Yes. And I believe it's my turn to do the synopsis today. It is. And I was honestly considering just reading the synopsis on IMDb because where do I begin with this film? That's Uh, no fun. That's no fun. I'll I'll do my best. Um, It's basically this playboy. It's... It's supposed to be 1968, I believe, because it's the night of the election or 1964. No, 1968. I was right the first time. I should never doubt myself. I know what the fuck I'm talking about. Warren Beatty Beatty plays a hairdresser, a Beverly Hills hairdresser. He's basically a fuckboy. He runs around town sleeping with all the ladies. Um, He gets embroiled in like a bunch of uh, affairs. He's like sleeping with this one woman who's the husband of this guy that his ex-lover is sleeping with. And uh, this woman that he's sleeping with is like, oh, you should talk to my husband. He's very rich. He'll help you like start a new business by yourself. Then there's this like girlfriend he's got and she's involved and she's very naive. Basically, it's a fuck fest. Um, At the end, I really feel like I learned almost nothing about anyone, (laughs) but we will discuss. (laughs) Joining us on the podcast today is the wonderful Christine Aziz. Hello. 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 Thanks for having me. Joining us from sunny Toronto, where you're not allowed to go outside still. New York City. Oh, that's right. Uh Oh, I'm an idiot. She was in Toronto and she's she's now in New York. Upper East Side. Oh, Oh, well, I just love that. It's It's because I can only see like a small portion of your place and it's like I could be the moon yeah you know outside your window but no you're right she is in new york she was in toronto for the majority of the pandemic um yes you were living in new york Mm pre-pandemic now you're back on the upper east side with the king charles cavalier spaniels oh yes spaniels all over the neighborhood for sure yes and christine tell everybody out there who you are they want to know so i'm an actor and singer i love doing comedy and characters and accents and all that fun stuff um yeah so i also enjoy watching movies that are about playboys apparently Mm -hmm. since i selected this one it was just one that i'd always wanted to watch and never did because i wanted to see what all the fuss was about and yeah we'll we'll discuss was there fuss because i have heard nothing of this film there were a lot of great reviews and it's part of the criterion collection very well and this is so this was your first time ever seeing it when you selected it Mm -hmm. oh i love that i love it and also my first time seeing it david had you seen this that's going to be a triple score on his first time seeing it. Movie. Computer says no. <laughs> That's no one first, saw this movie. First time for me as well. Yeah. Yes. And I was pleasant ish surprised. Oh, if, my God. If I may. <laughs> well, that's good to hear. But let's dive right into the film. Uh, initial thoughts, Christine. I thought it was incredibly boring and I didn't care about any of the characters and I didn't understand the whole, like, you know, the playboy antics being set in the 1968 election. Like it was trying to say something like make political commentary or commentary about sexual politics. And I'm like, Mm. what am I, what am I missing here? And just like, as we were saying earlier, like, 
it did get a lot of really great reviews and it got Oscar nominations and I just didn't understand really what all the hype was. And I read one review on IMDb and uh, whoever it was said like they thought Robert Towns Chinatown was amazing, but then they saw shampoo and were like, wow, this script is even better. Well, so. you know, <laughs> you could you could buy reviews even in the 1970s, yeah. as it turns out. Yeah. So this, uh, this movie did like 15x its budget too in the theaters. So, really? Yeah, it yeah. was it was pretty popular, and I'd never even heard of it. Paris, I sent mm. you that screenshot of some weird ass movie. Well, first of like, all, I thought we were doing soap. I kept saying to him, "We're doing oh, yeah. soap." <laughs> And then because we, we we had yeah. te- we had texted about it and he's like sending me screenshots and I'm like no I feel like it was a red and then I had to go back through our conversation Christine and I was like it's shampoo it's another item in it's the shower shampoo. that you use yeah that but, stings when yeah. you get in your eyes yeah yeah <laughs> like slightly this, different potentially like this, this movie, movie. <laughs> like this movie. <laughs> so I I have a question riddle yes. me this what is this movie about. That's a good question. It's literally, (laughs) I thought when I, okay, so I'm going to be real with you guys. I love to sit through movies and not pause them too much. It's 2021. We're all addicted to our phones. I also like get distracted. I have dogs running around. I have a partner who's very needy and always needs my attention, you know, or some, (laughs) some drama to solve for him because apparently, you know, we're adults. But anyway, I love you, Scott. Um, So I'm going to be real with you. I paused this movie so many times on the first viewing because I was like what am I watching and I really couldn't get into it and like you Christine I just wasn't into the characters so Mm -hmm. to answer your question David I think this movie is about Warren Beatty convincing a bunch of hot actors at the time to let him pretend to have sex with them on screen yes the end pretend or I saw that he dated he <laughs> yeah, dated potentially he, oh, all of these women in oh, real life. Oh yeah. really? At yeah. one point or another. Uh-huh. I, I found an article with 37 women that he dated and messed around with, one being Carly Simon. And she admitted that in this article, admitted that part of the song You're So Vain is about Warren Beatty. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so, who does Carly Simon play in the film? She's not in this film. Oh, she's you, not you in don't, this film. Carly Simon's the uh, the singer. You never heard that song? It's like, yeah, You're no, no, no. So You're so vain. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, but because yeah. I, I had read that Julie Christie was a feminist and didn't want to be in this film. She plays Jackie in the but film. But she did mm-hmm. because they were she dating. She was dating Warren Beatty. So I was yeah. wondering if he also had messed around with Goldie Horn and yeah. Luke Grant. Yeah, I saw yeah. that she was in a therapy session in this article. I didn't have time to fact check all of the women that he dated and messed around with. But like the <laughs> therapist was like, yeah, you're not the first one today that he slept with, like wow. in a therapy session. Yeah, wow. so he, this guy was getting around. If you'd see yeah. all these women on here, it's like Raquel Welch, Diane Keaton, Melanie Griffith, uh yeah just he was yeah he certainly is presented in this film as like the sex symbol like he's swaggering around he's riding a motorbike with no helmet you know uh it was very obvious to me like the way he just like touches their hair even like in the film that he was meant to be like this epitome of sex we are now in 2021 so this is this movie was is you know 50 years old or something oh no i'm like how was my math yeah 50 years old, right? Like 75. Um, yeah, a long time. And so like, we just have a different idea of like what sex appeal is. So like, I didn't watch this and be like, I'm so attracted to his character. Yeah, and this was coming off the 60s era, mm-hmm. right? Where f- free love, things of that nature. You saw people in the pool or the hot tub, whatever they were in naked. at that party, naked, just hanging out, smoking joints or doing whatever. People in the party were painted when they were naked. Well, so I think that leads to sort of my, the first thing I wanted to talk about, it sort of leads into it. I'm the queen of, you know, stretching things to fit together. So women as a sexual object in this film, I think that was a really overarching theme. And I know what you're saying, David, about like, Yes, it was coming off the 60s. I mean, it's set in 68, so it's meant to be like kind of the tail end here. Mm-hmm. But what did you guys think about like these women just ready to drop panties for this guy all mm-hmm. over town? Yeah. And, and- <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Um- Let's hear the man's perspective <laughs> first. Let him go first. Yeah. And and speaking of reading articles, like I read that Goldie Hawn was not happy with how um simple her character was Mm -hmm. and 
yeah, with Julie Christie, like this scene where um, Jackie, so she's the mistress of Lester who works like trying to guy. get money from the powerful yeah. guy yeah. who's like kind Jack of got Warden. Donald Trump hair. <laughs> He's like, um, <laughs> she she just says like, I want to suck your cock. Like go goes under the table at this Republican dinner. <laughs> And I just thought, this is so degrading. This is her ex-boyfriend who she's agreed to do the film with him. And apparently he was very controlling on set. Like it wasn't really Hal Ashby who directed it. It was more like Warren Beatty, the lead actor, the writer. And, producer. And producer. So Hal Ashby was just sort of like a member of the crew and he just kind of told him what was what. And then also I read like that Lee Smart, like she won an Oscar for her portrayal of Felicia really this movie um she was very frustrated with the fact that warren Beatty kept directing her but then they ended up having an affair uh <laughs> during i think starting during the film and then oh wow i yeah. just like i just felt like yeah this uh this i'm so interested to hear that the actor who played uh felicia lee grant won an oscar for this because i really felt like the women in this movie were just props they were just movie yeah. plot prop devices for this sexy misunderstood guy and I do want to talk about it a little bit later because I don't want to fully blow open the ending but there is a scene with Les uh where they basically bond over how stupid women are they're chattering all the time and oh yeah and it's just like really degrading and Mm um well he he yes it's degrading but Warren Beatty George's character is saying I listen to them all the time. All they talk about is how guys mistreat them and they just want to be treated well. And he's like, don't you just listen to a man? You just got to listen. And I mean, still Warren Beatty's still cheating on that all these women and mistreating all them. Anything. And then Jack Warden, the Lester character, he's saying, uh, um, Jackie's nothing but a whore to me now. Uh, all I do is go over there and get my rocks off and leave. But then he ends up settling going settling down with her basically so it's you know warren Beatty does kind of jump out and say that he's like you got to listen they they talk about all this stuff and (laughs) as a guy you just don't talk but then he took he takes that information and then he uses it against these women who are talking about their loved ones who is cheating on them or doing something dirty and then and then george is just trying to use that to sleep with them possibly in a vulnerable position Mm-hmm. So, and then you know Carrie Fisher, the oh. seventeen-year-old yeah, she daughter. Was 17. Yeah, <laughs> she's like wow. wanna fuck, and he yeah. obviously because here's exactly... some chopped liver. Wanna fuck? Yeah, it's apple. It's cold, but it's good. <laughs> Pretty wanna much. Fuck? Yeah. No. So, I... how, how did you guys feel about that with her? And obviously, Again, you can see through a sweater. She's not really wearing a bra. I don't think. Super unbelievable. Scene. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I know they tried to layer it in, like you know, she hates her mother and all this stuff. But I was like, this guy's just not that sexy, like to me. No. And there's no interaction with her in the. There's mom. no. I don't even know that that was part of the plot. Yeah. They just tell us. How yeah. do you, and then mm-hmm. uh, Warren Beatty says to Lester, "She hates. She hates her man." And he's like, what do you mean? She doesn't hate her mom. Yeah, she does. Can't you see it? And then he's like, oh, I guess I don't know. And yeah. then I just kind of stopped talking about it. I was like, what does that even have to do with this story? There was, I don't yeah. even know if there was half a minute of the daughter, Carrie Fisher, and the mom in this whole film. Mm-hmm. So why is even that part of it, right? So, sorry to jump back to what you were saying before, David, but also I, I know that what you're saying about like Les and Warren Beatty's character having a discussion and he's like, you got to listen to him. There's another point in the film where he just says like, he's leaving uh, Jackie's house that Les pays for. And he's like, you know, women, they just, you know, they just talk and talk. And like, there was just mm. a lot of that, like dismissiveness, but sorry. Oh, That's but yes. And then Carrie Fisher comes along and they have a one second interaction. They're eating stuff out of the fridge and she's like, want to fuck? And then the mom fucks him on top of that. First of all, I was also like, how is this guy reloading so fast? Yeah, yeah. I said the same thing. I'd be like, well, (laughs) if I don't bounce back immediately, I'm going to be tired for a while. Right. At least 20, 30 minutes. There's no way. This guy's going from bed to bed to bed. But the opening scene is him fucking Lee Grant, who plays Felicia. Mm -hmm. And then he leaves to go see Goldie Hawn. And then she... 
yeah, it was just uh, that was just a lot of fucking that I felt was. Can, something uh, really stuck out to me with Carrie Fisher. She was saying the f word like constantly, mm-hmm. seeing about George's Warren Beatty's sexuality. Oh, you mean so that definitely? Oh yeah, aged. yeah, yeah. That was something but, I was going to bring with up. Lester, there was a lot of like a- discussion about him being gay and. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, using derogatory language that we won't use on the podcast, but basically calling him an F word. And it was, and then also calling him a fairy and even suggesting that he was a flaky person because of his sexuality. He's like, well, you know, like, so I think that has really aged like milk because we just would never see a film where we talked about someone from the LGBTQ plus community like that, I would hope. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was so cavalier. They're just like, yeah, you know, because he's a hairdresser, so he must be gay obviously Mm -hmm. but it was a lot but yeah I mean I think that Carrie Fisher was meant to represent like the younger generation that was more like free and liberated and stuff like that because she was like you know didn't really seem whereas Liz her father's character seemed like a little judgmental she was just like well I'm just asking you know like Mm because she's a child of the 60s and 70s in theory right like so she'd be more in that like free love young vibe yeah growing up with hippie and she didn't what did she say she didn't wear makeup or didn't cut her hair she didn't go to the salon yeah 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 yeah. but it's interesting how they just sort of like going back to what you were saying about um her hating her mother like they just kind of introduced that as a way to like make it seem like the story had more depth to it when really this was just a guy who just would drop his pants for anything. <laughs> for it just, he just didn't seem to have any real passion. And it's it's very hard to watch a character like that who who just doesn't seem to care about anything in particular. And then at the end, we're just supposed to buy that he had this really deep love for Jackie. And so it's just like, you don't what? Even, you don't even okay. meet Jackie until like 30 minutes in or something. You know, like you get introduced to all these women, like usually in a typical story structure in a movie, you meet the guy, you meet the girl, you understand like what's keeping them apart. And that's the conflict that we love to watch. In this film, it yeah. was like, he's just a fuckwit. Yeah, she's she's like the third <laughs> woman that gets introduced in the yeah. story. And can we talk about when he's blow drying that woman's hair and rubbing oh her in his crotch? Like in his crotch like, yeah. Talking about this this woman, she's like saying how frigid she is or something. Postnatal and, and frigidity. Then, yeah, and and so I guess this is one of the moments where he just listens because he's so in tune with women, and then he's rubbing her <laughs> hair in his crotch. But he and he doesn't even finish that haircut because he gets that call right? and he makes yeah. the other guy finish, and she's like, whatever. Him. We never yeah. see him really pick up scissors we never see him finish one single task he's like the definition of add i think the only ones he did finish were jackie and then felicia because they had the same haircut at that dinner basically yeah he almost got yeah he almost got caught uh him and jackie by lester and he's like oh you're gonna let the steam out and he kind of plays like a little more uppity like playing into uh, lester's characterization of him possibly yeah. being gay you know what i mean so mm-hmm. it's yeah that's i don't know this this movie was wild to me it gave me anxi- <laughs> it gave me anxiety. <laughs> to be honest with you it gave me anxiety whenever he was doing something because he never finished a task to completion and yeah. i don't know if that was like a euphemism well, for him maybe. never finishing he's like leaving all these women unsatisfied i don't know but like he walks into the salon first of all he's the worst employee of all time you know (laughs) he talks about how he's here he's so rude to everyone he just doesn't even like he's barely there he's always on the phone or whatever and then he's just like he walks in and he walks out he's like i gotta go on my motorbike i'm like is that what people thought living in la was they're just like oh what about when his (laughs) boss uh norm his son dies and George right. is like sits down. He's like, "Oh man, he's yeah. like, well, better go fuck some women." Get into a high speed motorcycle chase. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh man, you got a real heartfelt scene coming up here. Yeah, uh, I gotta go bang somebody. Yeah. I love later. when he went to the bank too, and he wore like the jacket and the tie, and then he had that really awkward scene where he suddenly got mad and he threw his jacket in the garbage can and then he kicked it over and I was like what is this this is terrible acting like I don't buy any of this do you think knowing now that what we know that Warren Beatty was basically directing this himself it sounds like or like trying to be 
Do you think, I think you know, so. like, cause directing is a difficult job. You really have to keep a story cohesive and you have to know kind of in real time, like what, like if this take doesn't fit with this take, if it's, you know, if it's a great take, that's amazing. But what if it's completely out of sync with the rest of the, the film? Mm-hmm. Like, do you think Warren was like, I'm just going to stretch my acting chops and really like showcase myself. And it's like, this movie yeah. makes no sense, Warren. Like what you're doing makes, <laughs> why are you throwing a jacket out, Warren? What are you doing? What's the motivation yeah, like, here? I feel like he's a very, very self-aware actor. Like he knows he's being cute or he's like playing cute or playing what, he thinks is like the attractive, cool guy thing yeah. to do, yeah. but it's very, yeah, it's, it was a very like vanity project, just ego. Like that's just what I think it was. Women, you know? he was uh, Robert Town was supposed to write this. They either met or talked about this script on the set of Bonnie and Clyde. Mm-hmm. And then they had a falling out because Robert wasn't writing the script fast enough, basically. And Warren Beatty started writing it himself. They reconnected about eight years later and then co-wrote it together. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of articles you could, you probably saw these that this is kind of based off of his life, dating all these women. And he kind of wanted to, he's playing himself basically in real life yeah, with all the women that he dated and how he was hopping around and all the affairs. All those 37. And I don't understand why it's classified as a comedy. Really yeah, funny? I saw it as a satire. <laughs> Did not I was going to ask you guys that as a sat, like a dark satire. I was like, where were the jokes? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what was the satire coming from? Yeah. What, what uh, scenario the- or part of society was, are we making fun of here? Because that seemed just really one lane with a guy trying to sleep with as many women as he can. Yeah. Doesn't even really care too much about his hair salon or very neat. And his own hair looks like shit in my opinion. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) It looked like he was wearing a helmet of hair. I was about the women. I was going to ask you too about the hairstyles. Well, at one point he tells Jackie that her hair makes her look like a hooker, which is so shitty. And I did not think that at all. I mean, you know, the hairstyles are very seventies. It's very like, or sixties, I suppose. I don't know enough about the history of hair, but it's like very like stylized flicked under. Um, But no, nothing. The only girl that I thought had like beautiful hair was the girl that had the postnatal frigidity. And he really just, messed it up in his crotch and then like walked away and was half wet. <laughs> special oh, crotch bizarre. cut. Special <laughs> crotch special cut. Come in for special. the crotch cut. Yeah. Are, yeah. Those, are the crotch cuts coming back anytime soon? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not going back to the hairdresser unless they do my hair like that, where it's like full on like neck massage in his in his bowls, you know. Oh yeah, got to. Got um, to. another thing, blowout. It's so good. It's everyone's doing it. So the next thing I wanted to bring up was Jill. So this the Goldie Hawn's mm-hmm. character who plays his character, or his girlfriend. They're sitting in bed, and she goes. You know what I read in Cosmopolitan? That if you don't have a baby before you're 30, you're going to have a Mongolian idiot. And I yes. paused it and I was like, excuse me? Excuse yes. me. What the fuck did I just hear? I wonder where that, did you look into like where that reference came from at all? No, but I, first of all, I'm sure she's. I've never heard that reference before. I think well, she's the shampoo original. Yeah. <laughs> it's Warren uh, Beatty's Warren brainchild. <laughs> Way to go. That's you guys the Oscar nomination. Like, I actually played that in my character throughout this role. Yeah. He's but like, it's... that was a, that was the comedy part. It was really funny. Did you get it? Yeah. Did you guys get yeah. it? That no, I mean, that's just so funny to me because all three of us are over 30 and none of us have children. And yeah. Like the idea that if you, you know, like you had to have a baby by, I mean, I guess there's people in our society now who like have dreams of when they want to have a baby by, but imagine if Cosmo was telling you, you had to have a baby by the time you were 30. That's like so Mm -hmm. ludicrous to me. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I mean, it probably was a real article though. I'm sure. For back then. They kept it in the movie. So it was clearly relevant enough to the story that they thought, Yeah. yeah, let's keep this in. I mean, statistically, both of you probably have kids with Warren Beatty somewhere that you just don't know. Right. About. Yes. Of <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny. Cause like when he also spent the, like he came back from Felicia's or from his apartment and Felicia was there and he's like, stay right where you are. I'll be right back. And then he goes to, 
over to Goldie Hawn's place, but then he never goes Comes back, back and that's no. never addressed. Like you no, left me that's, alone. You that's know that's why she's mad. That's why breakfast. she's mad in the hairdresser the following day. That's why she's mad because she's like, you was, my time is important, but they don't okay. make it clear. I only caught that on the second rewatch when I did David's suggestion, which is to watch it on the second time with the subtitles. Uh, yeah, yeah, I needed the subtitles for this for sure because I think there were things that I missed and that I had to go back and watch it again, especially the opening scene where it's entirely in the dark. Yeah, yeah, like, and they're just fucking. Anything. I'm trying yeah. to think the last time I heard, I just like heard. I know they do it in um, uh, oh, what's that Meg Ryan movie where she like fakes an orgasm at the table? But it's when been Harry a- met Sally. Harry met Sally. But it's been a while since I feel like I watched something where there was just like insane like moaning and panting, and she's like, Jesus Christ, yes, yes, yeah. and then you know the phone keeps interrupting, <laughs> and it's in the dark, so you're just like, uh, it's just literally a bl- like for anyone that hasn't seen it, and I'm sure we're doing a great job. You're all gonna definitely go watch it after this one. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's just this opening of this black scene with with this woman just like screaming like that she's just having the best time with Warren yeah. George the hairdresser from Beverly Hills oh, Jackie. yeah oh, oh Jackie. my god George your helmet oh my god so what about uh the minority representation I'm there's one I believe one hair washer two there was two there was two people of my of people of color there was the hair washing woman yeah. who had a line lucky yeah. uh, two lines maybe two lines yeah and then there was also the housekeeper in uh les and felicia's home mm-hmm. she was like grabbed her hand and then oh no she also had a line where she was like if george comes you know make sure he stays and she's like but i have to go to the market and she's like please um so yeah it was you know pretty good representation i think overall <laughs> <laughs> and yeah and did oh, uh oh, did it pass oh. the test where two women talk to each other not about hell no <laughs> the beckdale test yeah the beckdale test and there's how many women and there's more women in this than men i would assume there's so many roles women in it yeah, yeah and, and not one of them talk about anything <laughs> except for banging the, the the main actor no they, they don't because jackie <laughs> talks about um how he should get alone um and then everything else is about the dudes because jill and jackie are friends but they're talking about him because they yeah. used to both sleep with him mm-hmm. oh my god and then there's okay so i'm not skimming past the people of color thing so there basically is none um there's none and i don't know if we can really do we expect that it be representation in films from before like 19 no 1975 movie like this no yeah Oh, and then also that one senator at the Republican dinner. It's like cultural appropriation. He was doing some kind of like Native American like chant. Like, yeah. Yeah. what the hell is this? That was beyond cringeworthy. I was like, what's happening? I that was one more time where I paused and I was like, oh, please let there be a point to this part. And there wasn't. And it went on for like a minute. Yeah. To write like Paris as a writer, Christina, I don't know if you write as well, but would you ever just write a scene like that? And like, where is that coming from? I don't know what Especially the relevance of that scene was. If I don't know it's what the... satire, you got to compare it to something. Unless yeah. that's like an inside joke for Warren Beatty. Like yeah. you knew some senator that did that. You're trying to get to a mass audience. Where's the satire yeah. coming? But I'm just wondering as well, like, to be completely honest with you, what the relevance of it being set on election night even was. Like, you know, we yeah. kind of touched on it. It's like that storyline was just not important. The character didn't care about it. None of, I mean, the only character that cared about the election thing was Les who was throwing this dinner. And he was only doing it for personal gain. Right. You saw That's when so- he was driving around, um, the stock ticker would be done and then it would turn music on. He would turn the channel to another news station that was talking about the stocks and how they were closing, right? And I don't think he gave a shit really about the election either. He was just trying to, as a businessman put himself in a good position to make more money. I think it was just mm-hmm. something that they used as a device to show that he was so political and well-connected and like, you know, reading out the stocks in the morning, it's like, Oh, he's a business. You know, we talked about it in hook David. It's like how people in the olden times showed that you were in the olden times, the hooks are like the nice, but you know, like he's a, he's a businessman and like in hook it's, he's got a cell phone and he's running to meetings. And in this movie it's, he's listening to the, yeah. nasdaq being read out yeah, loud exactly 
Yeah. And there's that little part. It's like, okay, so is this, is Lester going to grow a little bit when he's at that party and he mm -hmm. takes the joint, he's having a drink, he's taking his clothes off, but he goes to got to find a towel. And then he finds out. That and then two, he watches a couple of random, two strangers get after it, it. It turns out it's Jackie and George. Yeah, right. The fridge opens up. But he literally <laughs> taps another guy on the shoulder and goes, now that's what I call fucking. And they yeah. both stand there. That and was like Jill's, watching a football game. Yeah. That was Jill's date because uh, Goldie date. Hawn, Jill the, was there the, as well. The director guy. But yeah, yeah. Uh, if I saw someone fucking at a party, I would immediately run in the opposite direction and avert my eyes. Like, you know, I'm private. That's private. It's the 60s, man. Yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> that was gross. But no, I, I don't know what the relevance was of the, the business. Yeah, stuff. it was just very confusing to watch and and it's funny like reading all the different reviews online like on imdb people who are like brilliant this movie holds up so well like Beatty's satire and sexual farce is fantastic you're like what movie did you watch right. and this other person like this boring piece of crap and like one person said this should have come with a shot of penicillin oh my god that's amazing i was thinking that i was thinking that this is probably predates the aids epidemic which i believe happened in the 80s so like yeah everybody was just fucking so he was just raw dogging all these women and then for like, sure how kind of gross that was within <laughs> probably uh 30 minute span has sex with 17 year old carrie fisher and then goes and has sex with her mom <laughs> yeah, just a little afternoon statutory rape <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah followed by let me bang your mom as well in the rooms that were looked like they were out of a horror film like the rooms that like the carpet matched the walls matched the bedspreads it was uh, it's actually the the same production designer that did the graduate oh interesting oh. And, it, and this was after the graduate it was like this is quite like seems to be borrowing a lot from that like just or just outright stealing it's like same it. house we got it don't worry about it yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, no, I was very interested to hear you guys talk about this because I was literally watching this movie like, what's <laughs> what happening? Yeah. Um, also, a couple of things that I noticed was the product placement of Coca-Cola. Did you guys notice that? Yeah, the cans. Yeah, the cans. And also when they, Jackie, they so they basically, this film, I should have said this at the start, this film takes place over a 40 hour period. So it's like one of those more real time type films. And they go to this dinner that's kind of the the end of the second act i guess like where they go to this dinner and it's the political dinner and jackie goes and she doesn't want to drink she's the one having the affair with the married guy and she so she asks for a coke and then you know he just cracks a coke a bunch of times and then when they are fucking they take a coke out of the fridge and then he has to slam the coke, the fridge shut because it's like doesn't quite catch and that's how they get caught like the fridge opens and the light shines mm -hmm. on them and um, I just feel like you don't see as overt product placement as you did at this time. I think it depends on what movie you're watching. Sure. Right now. So if it's like a big budget movie where they don't really give a shit, they're just blowing stuff up mm. and there's car crashes, like they don't, I don't think they care to put a Mountain Dew somewhere right. where you can, it's definitely product placement, but yeah, more like films where you got they want to put you more in the story they're not going to have that just as overt as it just sitting out i also just think it's more it now maybe it's more integrated this was like i'm picking up this coke with the label facing you and i'm drinking it yeah and like the, and so that satire like give me wayne's world where they have about a five minute scene of where, where like, they're Pepsi. selling out yeah yeah he's like headache <laughs> take two of these small yellow <laughs> it's like advil like i, I love that scene but yeah, where was the shampoo where was the shampoo there was no they shampoo. missed a huge opportunity oh my pantine, god brought to you by coca-cola yeah did right. pantene pro v uh yeah. was it maybe, around back then maybe like finesse or something sassoon Oh, yeah, yeah, maybe Coca-Cola has a shampoo. We don't know. They probably do own <laughs> something. The bubbles. Yeah. But that was something that really, really stuck out to me just because it felt so overt. Because just also because it was just one product. I feel like in other movies, I've like, you know, maybe noticed a couple. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to bring up was the idea of the telephone. So much of this movie's dialogue was about, I tried to phone you, but the phone's always busy. And like just the right. missed connections. And like, I was thinking about that now we know exactly where each other are at all times because we can just 
either mm-hmm. watch an Instagram story or we can text you or we can call you or whatever. But so, they also use that to cover themselves too, because totally. I think Lester, when he came over and he almost caught George and Jackie, he said, but baby, I called uh, to see mm-hmm. you and the, you're always on the phone. I don't think it rang. No, while he was over there yeah so lester just used that as an excuse to not call no i think she i think she keeps the phone off the hook She's off the yeah hook. i was gonna say i remember okay. like from yeah. the olden days you could leave the phone off the hook. nobody could call you yeah yeah that kind of <laughs> so. sounds nice to be honest oh my that's god your do not be, disturb it's yeah. your out of office no but i think the expectation is that we're always connected like in those days there was no expectation it was like you know an easy out uh, like you said could cheat a lot easier set unless you leave an earring behind where you get caught <gasps> and then, yeah and i didn't okay going back to that i really didn't see what the connection between jill and george was i mean she was pretty but like they seem to have no what did they have in common at all nothing right i mean Not what did really. he have in common what do you have in common with anybody any women he is he helped her with her panic attacks <laughs> He, Here's he a brown bag. Notice <laughs> to help her when she was scared. And made her breakfast, and then he's talking about, oh, I just wanted to take her to movies on the weekends and be able to provide. It's like, do you, mm-hmm. do you really? And was she a model, uh, Goldie Hawn's character? Like I when think she, went she in... was an actor. When she yeah, went into, thought... she went into the, she goes into this like interview or audition or whatever, and I put the subtitles on, and I heard in the background, it had some of the girls' background dialogue, and it was like, oh, some cigarette thing and uh, at least there's travel and then she gets pitched like hey we're gonna go to egypt so her that guy that she went to that party with he's a director for commercials so jackie said like oh he's a commercial director and george does that make you feel better because he's not a film uh, director or tv director but i could i think she was gonna go to egypt to shoot a commercial and then she didn't get the job because she was asking him when are you leaving for egypt um, I think she did get the job oh. because they talked about it at that party. And he's like, you're coming too." he's oh. like, we leave like, in, you know, two weeks from tomorrow or something like that. And she's like, have... really? Yeah. Well, it yeah. was very murky. It, it was very murky. Clear what her yeah. goals were, what to that Goldie... audition slash go see was or whatever it was. Yeah. And to, to your point, when you said that she didn't like the airiness of her character and there was no depth to it, like that just shows it. Mm. Well, I don't know. Maybe I'll take this commercial that could change my life or I'll just stay back. It's three weeks. You just yeah. want to yeah. kick it with hairdresser George that's been cheating on you the whole time? Mm-hmm. Really? All I want is to have a baby before I'm 30 so it's not a <laughs> Mongolian idiot and then my life will be complete. And then everything will be perfect. <laughs> the guy that can't finish a haircut at his studio. Yeah, he's going to be a great He's going to be a great dad. <laughs> kids definitely don't require any kind of follow through. Well, the kid all. will come out with like a full head of hair and sideburns and like... <laughs> yeah. Um, and obviously this this movie dealt a lot with cheating was another thing which I feel like it can be an interesting thing to you know dive into in film and tv there's a lot of shows I know the affair is a show that's very popular about Mm -hmm. cheating but I just thought this movie had aged a little bit with that because it was so cavalier like he's cheating on her and she's cheating on him but then like everybody acted all like Felicia who is the girl he's sleeping with in the first opening scene she's married uh she's like all shocked when her husband is having an affair and she's like she's gonna be so expensive but then it's like you're also having an affair you were Mm -hmm. banging uh george the whole time so very very much like a soap opera yeah it really just felt like a little afternoon really so you can't be blamed for thinking it was soap not Mm -hmm. shampoo (laughs) 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 this was just with with that too if you're talking satire and you're going to say free love thing. So my kind of stance on that is if you're free love, fine, but your partners know that. Yeah. Right. Like Mm. if this is like, you got into this with me, we are open. We can sleep with whoever we want. We care about each other. We love each other, but we're not going to put each other in a box just to be uh, only sleep with each other. Right. On the celibacy thing, but right. you have that conversation, and you know, that that's kind of like what I feel like that free love movement was about. Like those people that hooked up back then, they kind of knew what the situation was with George. You got women that actually cared about him, especially Goldie Hawn's character thinking Mostly, there's a relationship yeah. there and he's banging all these women. And he's, she keeps asking, where were you? Oh, baby, I'm just trying to get the thing. Together. I feel like she was, the, she was the only one that didn't understand the situation because Felicia and Jackie were both, well, Jackie for sure was like, 
oh yeah, you're still doing that. Like you're still going after she, cause he basically says something about the daughter. I don't know. Like both of those women seemed a bit more like wise to it. And I think Goldie Horn's character was a bit more like innocent. She was like, we're just together. Me and him. Yeah. Yeah. And Jackie was her friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jackie was her friend. And Terrible. when she threw the, at the end, she also sees them fucking and she throws a, a chair through the window and she's like you bastard to him but i was like also your friend is there involved cheating yeah that's also not very cool yeah yeah not at all so, Girl yes. still, yeah they, they're mm-hmm. still uh, i think they all wanted to be with him exclusively at some point right I mean, he was, look at his, he had such glorious hair. He had such glorious hair and he rode a motorbike. He was the perfect man. He wore tight jeans. He couldn't get a bank loan. Yeah, you think Felicia would be okay with banging his daughter or her daughter? Walking out on all his clients. Do I I think Felicia, well, Felicia for sure knew what was going on when she came into the room and she was, he was in the bathroom. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm surprised she didn't say anything. It was like a competition. Like she banged him as well. I was like, oh, you put your scent on this man. Let me put my scent on him now. I'm going to pee on him real quick too. Yeah. <laughs> she kept her, she keeps her like her fur coat on and she's like, let's just do it right now. And should we ma- remake shampoo <laughs> and just get real crazy with it? It's like a female hairdresser. I was going to say female hairdresser, all dudes. Yeah. yeah. And then they get into be, some real freaky shit though. It's on, like. it, it's on the eve of the Trump trump biden election so that's like playing in the background everyone's like is it the apocalypse what's going on <laughs> yeah well, we'll call it conditioner so oh, there we go. see we're starting something here don't steal our ideas everyone. and then I we will... can have two in one <laughs> see they could be called two in one that's a good name i won't be in that scene but i will play one of the love interests i yeah. won't be in the, i won't be in the two in one scene though that's... well I'll, I'll play the shampoo girl okay so yeah I'll just be off to the side. Um, I did have some fun facts about this film. There were a couple of fun facts. So did you guys know that it was Carrie Fisher's screen debut? Mm -hmm. I did see that, yeah. Yeah. That's kind of interesting that uh, she then obviously went on to play Princess Leia, had a fantastic career. Um, But yeah, started her career as a tennis playing uh, sleeper uh, with older men type woman. Yeah. So that was cool. Um, another one I had was that the lead character was actually based on a real hairdresser, uh, Jay Sabring and John mm-hmm. Peters. You guys saw that? Did you see yeah. though what happened to uh, oh. Jay Sebring? I didn't. No. He was killed by the Manson family. You know <gasps> oh that? Oh God! That was oh, Sharon Tate's husband. Sharon Tate, right? Yeah. Oh wow! Oh my goodness! Yeah. That's crazy. And, and who the other John Peters that... is a famous producer. He was a actor, child actor, um, became a producer, and he was and then he was crushing it for like 30 years. He um, worked with Barbara Streisand. The main event was a producer, Caddyshack. Um, he's like been an A-list producer for over 30 years. He wow. produced he produced the remake of Star is Born with Barbara Streisand. Oh, which grossed over a million, a hundred million at the box office and, I, and four I Oscar noms. That, that's so cool. And I read that um, Robert Town lived with him while he was writing the script oh. to study him. Nice. Yeah. Surprised John Peters didn't, well, maybe he didn't want any part of this once he saw the scripts. <laughs> like, why didn't he produce it? <laughs> there's just, there's just so much incestuousness about this. Like, just, just so many history things. And like, so I was just reading some more fun facts. So Paul Simon wrote the original music for this film and he later married Carrie Fisher. So. Mm. Carrie who, Fisher and Paul Simon were, that's awesome. Uh, I mean, I have to fact check this, yeah. but uh, it looks like it. And also Carrie Fisher said she was cast in the role mainly through family connections and that Warren Beatty did try to unsuccessfully proposition her, which is like- Oh my God. Oh, no, gross. oh she's so gross. That is. Yeah, I'm kind of turned is. off. I actually saw Warren Beatty talk at something and I was very charmed by him. I thought he was very articulate, um, but now I'm like- oh. And you were pregnant when you left. And I was pregnant when I left. <laughs> Thankfully I was under 30, yeah. so that is good. <laughs> Um, no, but I mean, overall guys, I, I, I'm always glad when I watch movies like this, because I think there's a lot of gaps in my knowledge when it comes to movies, probably mostly of the sixties and seventies. Cause if you think about it, there's a couple of icons that have really survived. You know, we've got your Marilyn Monroe's and you've got your Audrey Hepburn's and stuff like this. 
but you forget that there were all these stars. Like I was really taken with Lee Grant after watching this film. I thought she did have like a magnetism. I obviously love Carrie Fisher. Um, so now I'm kind of interested to go and check out some more movies from this genre and also specifically, or not from this genre, from this time period. And also to like watch these actors. I mean, they would have been huge at the time. Like this was a star studded cast for mm -hmm. 1975, you know? Yeah. But um, yeah, the color grading kind of gave me a queasy feeling. I don't know the color in this film. Uh, it didn't, you know, it didn't feel, I, I enjoyed seeing the old parts of LA. That was very fun. Like seeing sort of like the, the hills, like before mm -hmm. it was overcrowded. But overall I felt like the seventies always made me feel a bit like ugh, everything was orange and brown. It's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. I like some of the, I like some of the women's outfits. I thought for they sure. were kind of fly. If I'd saw some women today with those on, I'd just say, okay, okay. Yeah, that that sexy backless dress that Julie that was Christie hot. was wearing at the same at with the same mm -hmm. same actress Julie Christie was also wearing like a sexy um, purple outfit with like the high waisted pants. I thought that was cool. Yeah. I saw like uh, one that stuck out to me was like the sweater dress. Oh yeah, that was kind of that is you know from that yeah, era. They mainly dressed Goldie Horn in like baby doll type things, which you could yeah, see on underpants quite a few times. Barely covered her butt. Yeah. Yeah. She could pull it off. Yeah. She could. She was mm -hmm. like, she kind of reminded me of Twiggy a little bit, if you guys know that model. Yes. You're very like yeah. big eyes, blonde hair, sort of like, like skinny little legs poking out of a dress. So mm -hmm. yeah, it was interesting, but I feel like it almost is time to do a shout out. Okay, let's do it. Christine, special you guest, are yeah. the guest, so you may go first. I really love Goldie Hawn, and I like anything she does. So I thought she was totally affable and endearing, even though it wasn't like a very deep role. She still managed to be, I guess, the one person that I sort of felt something for. Hmm, interesting. So yeah, like she seemed to have a little bit of sincerity and uh wasn't totally vapid <laughs> which isn't saying much for, I feel with, like the, we... with what was possible with this script oh boy we just pretty much shit on this movie from start to finish um but no she was great and obviously such an amazing actress and like just yeah yeah what about you david who do you have uh, I got two. I'm going with one we've never really talked about before. Um, James Thornsbury in the transportation department. Nice. So <laughs> I'm just saying like, that's, that's probably a big part of uh, making a film, right? The yeah. transportation department, moving stuff around. And he, he's been in a ton of stuff. Um, do you guys ever see the movie, the game or virtuosity? So yeah. some of those were some pretty dope moves. He, he was in Wayne's world or sorry, not in Wayne's world, but worked on Wayne's world and Patriot games. And then I got to go above the line because uh, I really think Julia Christie is an amazing actor. She is. And mm -hmm. she was in, my grandma bought me this movie a long time ago, Dr. Zhivago, mm -hmm. which oh, yeah. she's in. And mm -hmm. I, I watch that movie every once in a while. And she's just, I don't there's something about her. Um, she's yes. fluent in French and Italian mm. and she's I, I could watch her act all day I'm gonna go back probably and watch a couple of other movies where she probably had more <laughs> character development David um, I'll I, watch some with you I want to yeah. I, I am also a fan of hers I think she's good. yeah I just like some of these older actors um, that really perfected their crafts and mm -hmm. you know like an actor's actor I would call them and uh, that that stuff amazes me and I think I can learn a lot from these people so shout out shout out what we do you got you and we appreciate you well yeah. we couldn't do a movie about hairdressers without shouting out one of the hairdressers so I'm going with Dina Usley, I believe her name is uh, she was a hairdresser on this film it looks like she was also an actress for a spell in the 70s and 80s but she is back in the makeup department like a couple years ago she did uh deal or no deal she did toto behind the scenes 35th anniversary she did uh someone to love knights in white satin um storm in a castle she's done some different stuff throughout the industry um and i just think that we can't do a movie about hair without shouting out someone from hair mm -hmm. but because you guys shouted out jackie and goldie i think we also should say that carrie fisher and Lee Grant did yeah. a really good job. I mean, mm -hmm. this was a, a, sh a movie where the women characters weren't really expected to shine, but I really did feel more 
for them than I potentially mm-hmm. did for the male character. <laughs> and I have to add the stunt motorcyclist. Yes. Especially for that final scene where Good I was cruising. like, oh my God, is George going to die? Like, is this how this movie ends? Because Julie Christie was just ripping the car around everywhere. Like she wanted him <laughs> to just go off the cliff. I mean, uh, but that stunt motorcyclist did a hell of a job. The oh, end yeah. of this. Well, I can tell you some of the stunt uh, people's names. Oh, yes, please. Away. Please hold. And having to wear like, I assume they had to wear a terrible wig to look like George. Yeah, Craig so. Baxley was Warren Beatty's stunt double. And then we okay. also Jerry Bruch to go Craig. and Mags Kavanaugh, who was the stunt double for Carrie Fisher. What? What? Ooh, um, what? Maybe that was a... Playing tennis. Oh, when tennis? Oh. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I don't know. Maybe it was a... I don't know. I have no idea. But Yeah, because they didn't show mm-hmm. anything. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, unless they did originally film a sex scene gross. and then cut it out. But I definitely don't know. definitely Craig Baxley, um, who was uh Warren Beatty stunt guy, definitely also deserves a shout out. And I'll be mm-hmm. able to tell you what else he did. He was also in uh Action Jackson, uh Predator, 21 Jump Street, the A Team. <laughs> so, you know. Nice. Sense of things, but uh, Christine, for those people wanting to connect with you to hire you as an actor or to potentially, you know, attend a dinner murder mystery dinner party, which you do. Oh, yes, I've been uh, doing online uh, Zoom murder mysteries, which has been super fun during the pandemic. Yeah, connect with me on my website, christinaziz.com, or on Instagram at Ms. Christine Aziz. Yes, and she does hilarious parodies of different characters most notably of melania trump but i feel like yes. you've run out of material yeah. now because we don't see too much my husband now. is no longer in office so there are no need for more videos <laughs> hopefully will disappear hopefully. from the scene that would be i great. can't wait to see you on on a television show or in movies oh, yeah. i cannot you, wait for you that because i do geek out at all the stuff you post it's hilarious oh thank you it's around the corner for the watch this space i truly believe that (laughs) i I know some of the auditions christine went out for in the pandemic i helped her read a couple times over zoom and she's going places so watch out for this little canadian gem who is in new york um thank you guys but this is the part of the podcast where we decide whether or not this film has aged like milk christine you may go first as our guest (laughs) hmm let me think it's a tough one i know (laughs) i know it's like hmm how much has it curdled is the question yes (laughs) yes big chunks um yeah i won't go too far with that but yeah it's definitely aged like milk yeah i mean i think you can tell from the poster right (laughs) (laughs) david what do you think uh as i put my hand to my forehead this fucking movie i'm definitely saying this movie aged like milk because there's no way you're making this today right Mm. or at least having a studio green light it if a guy like warren Beatty wants to make it himself (laughs) and they put it on pornhub light then (laughs) that's probably you probably can make this movie but as far as like in theater release and then where people go see this and it makes 15 times its budget so not happening so who is the warren Beatty of our generation do you think that could green light hmm. something like this who is the loath i guess leonardo dicaprio yeah or Brad only Pitt? because when i googled out of interest i googled lothario just to see like where that originated <laughs> and like google images came up with a picture of leonardo dicaprio in some like historical like napoleonic costume oh, i was boy. like oh okay yeah, that's okay. very clear i don't really need to know the full history i like this picture i think yeah. i think george clooney could green a light a movie like this not that he would want to but i think he yeah. has the star power but connected to so you're asking the green light like that with the star power but what about same situation warren Beatty, who also lived like that like george the character did. right george i think it'd be like more leo because george yeah. was kind of steady and leo's had uh, a lot of women that he's dated maybe pre-scandal army hammer but maybe he's not famous enough and that's a different movie think, yeah, james franco yeah 
I don't think either of them. Could, well, no. maybe Franco. Well, they, not that they could greenlight, but that they like they're the Live type of the character. Type. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> James Franco. Uh, moving on. So David. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I stick by what I'm Same. saying. I, I, I definitely think this movie aged like milk. This might be. I think Breakfast at Tiffany's for me was a little bit worse. Ah. Um, just because, like, wow. The racist um, depiction of yeah, an Asian man. I mean, man? come on. That's that's top. Yeah. That's the top for me, but this is very, very close to that top <laughs> spot as far as the movie goes. Like, what? I just kept thinking, I can't wait to ask them what this movie is about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I really thought it stayed fresh, actually. So, no, I thought <laughs> this movie, this movie aged like milk from the first scene for me. It was aged. I really didn't, again, like, I love watching a movie that I have no idea what it is, like, what to expect, but this movie oh my god i had so many questions i have two or three pages of just like like notes of like random things that he said like women get to be an occupational hazard like this is something else i will say i did love seeing familiar faces like goldie horn and carrie fisher but um yeah i'm 99 percent sure that warren Beatty just wanted to do this movie so he could rub up on some hollywood ladies mm-hmm for sure so, and write lines like wow you never were a tit man yeah <laughs> <That's some laughs> like let me have these writer. powerful women in my yeah. film say these important lines and like <laughs> i just want to suck his cock <laughs> yeah, yeah. At the dinner table I've, i don't think i've ever heard anybody say I never knew you were a tit man. Now I, <laughs> I'm thinking that I was watching this movie and I was thinking like, wow, I wonder if I got a lot of ideas about like how women flirted from movies like this. Cause I was born in the eighties, late eighties. And I mean, I'm sure these movies were kind of like, I'm, I'm sure my parents didn't let me watch this particular movie, but like movies like this, like the going under the table thing, I think movies led me to believe that women did that a lot more, you know, like, Oh, and it's like, I, never once, and maybe this says more about me than anything else, never once in my life have I thought like, wow, I just got to get under the table right now for this guy, you know? Nothing would make yeah. me feel more empowered and connected to him in this moment. And, <laughs> and to have my, like, right. and to have an older lady looking on yeah. as in that scene where it's like, like, oh, this background actor is really having not... a good time. Like, can you just look mildly disgusted <laughs> while uh, she goes under the table? In this full dining room where it would be very obvious. Yeah, yeah. not very yeah. stealth. And then the bomb threat. What the hell was that about? No, no it never it came out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah hey, we all yeah. have to leave. Oh, yeah, okay. at least cool. it interrupted the white guy singing the Native American song, which I yeah. was extremely grateful for yeah. because yeah. that felt like it went on for the five minutes it's and like, I was how, like, how are we going to get them over to this like very different kind of party oh mm. let's just just put in a bomb threat that'll be the plot device so let's get them over there <laughs> yeah move the story along so it all yeah. makes sense the plot Good structure call, was yeah <laughs> 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 from your old buddy Hal. <laughs> yeah, whatever, whatever you want to do, Warren. Hal yeah, was bomb, just oh, yeah. bomb threat. Yep, yeah, sure. Hal, Hal was just over at Crofty eating snacks. Like, oh, we're doing what? We're doing what now? <laughs> Wait, we're attaching my name to this too. That wasn't. That's not part of the deal. He was drinking Coca Cola, all the free Coke yeah. that was yeah. at the Crofty. It was actually in his contract that he had to drink three Coca Colas a day. Everyone else did. <laughs> it was necessary. Um, <laughs> No, well, Christine, thanks again for joining us on the podcast. Thanks for suggesting Thank this you. movie. We never probably would have watched it if we hadn't. <laughs> no. You're so welcome. I'm so happy to have brought it into your life. I'm glad I you am, to though, share because it. it's <laughs> as my scale grows, right? Mm. Like Paris is saying, we get introduced to a lot of movies that we never even would think to watch, but yeah. we watch them for this. And mm -hmm. then you get to, whether you learn something or not, even if it's something some movie you hated, you learn something you don't like or that didn't work. Right. Oh, so it's always for sure. an expansion for me. And I, you know, I'm constantly growing and watching some of these actors. Mm -hmm. right? And I can go look at other work that they had from similar time periods. So. And it's yeah. super, it's super interesting to see what people do pick. And yeah, I agree. Like we probably have, you know, a running list of show of movies that we've thrown at each other in the past. And then we always let our guests choose. Um, but it's like, it's nice to have someone outside perspective because it's just, uh, yeah, it really is a unique take on. Mm -hmm. And also sometimes it makes me go like, huh, 
I wonder why they picked that movie. And then it's great to talk about it and be like, oh, they're not like super into Warren Beatty. And- yeah. <laughs> no. They actually <laughs> don't like this movie. Yeah. <laughs> and she came on and she was like, this is my favorite movie. You and I was like, okay. <laughs> you guys, you didn't like Ooh, it? You didn't love. get it? Yeah. This is going to be a different conversation, I think. Free love. <laughs> no, but uh, again, yes. Thank you for joining us. We mm-hmm. appreciate you. We're excited for you. Go oh, check Christine you. out. Connect with her. And Connect with me. We'll we'll do another one in person when you're yeah. out here next. Oh yes, yeah. I gotta come out to Los Angeles and mm-hmm. live, live the George Roundy dream. We'll take the bus tour of shampoo actors yes we'll create it yes. that'll be i'm sure there's huge <laughs> and you demand. can you can drive and do the do the you know the voice and paris and i will be the other yeah. passengers who'll be like oh this is a great experience well we can call the transportation person that you gave a shout out to, <laughs> yeah. to help us james thornberry i yes, wonder if he's still james. i just imagine he's british he's probably like an <laughs> earl james thornberry Responsible Earl of Transportation for the shampoo. Yeah. <laughs> First of his name. <laughs> Lord of the oil changes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Oh my goodness. Well, yes. Thank you again, David. You should check your fridge. <laughs> and make sure that milk is not spoiled. Make sure that milk is not shampoo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> gross milk is gross. Uh, thanks, everybody. We appreciate you. Bye. Bye.